0: You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums Podcast, the home of Scottish Football Banter.
1: Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums Podcast, season ten, episode four. I'm John and I'm your host of sorts tonight. Uh, joined by regular Chris. How are you doing? Chris, you're right. Hi, no bad, are you? Hi, good, yeah. Uh, so we had a good podcast last week, we had Megan Foley on, so enjoyed that, from Glasgow City, uh, and their ties obviously this Friday, so we're saying best of luck, it's on BBC Alba. Um, so we've got a couple of guests on tonight, we have returning, well both are returning guests actually, uh, Scott from the footy blog, how are you doing Scott? How you doing, I'm fine, thank you. Uh, and Tony, Celtic fan, you alright? I'm alright, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. I've not got any other title for you, I said, Tony, apart from Celtic fan and old, <laughs> work, and old work colleague. That uh, was
0: many, many moons ago. I know, I know, it seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, uh, how you getting on anyway? Aye, alright. I think that last time I was thinking about this, was I was on your pod. Uh, Ryan Christie was still at Aberdeen and we were having a conversation and I said that, oh, I think you could do a job at a Celtic. And you were like, no, no, no. Yeah. no I don't think he's good enough so I'm i made up and I'm back after like three years. <laughs> I
1: know, it's been a it's been a long break. Um to be fair though, I think I wasn't the only one that thought that No, uh, Christy wouldn't make it a Celtic and it looked like at one point, he'd have probably been on his way to Aberdeen if it wasn't for the fact that Celtic no signing John again. but I um yes. So last week the podcast, we probably could have done with the podcast lasting an extra two minutes, Chris.
2: So well, I, I we hadn't even uh, well
1: we'd recorded Zoom and
2: it hadn't even finished encoding <laughs> before the news was breaking about um, a certain um fullback who uh, took a little trip, um and that has caused all hell to break us. Yeah, Paul went to
1: Spain. It's probably lucky to be fair that we didn't find out the news because we'd have probably been on for it another hour talking about it. Um, aye. so we're probably looking that way I would say aye uh, we'll probably spend a lot of an hour talking about it right just a silly boy well aye we were obviously we'd speaking about we'd spoke about Aberdeen I take it he must then go but the, I suppose the first thing of all is why does Neil Lennon give them a few days off training when the season started especially as you've got so many important features coming up get a future tomorrow night Europe. seems very weird. Not a bizarre decision. Uh, no, no, no. It was I
2: mean, a bizarre decision to give him a couple of days off this early in the season. Um, but to then blatantly ignore the, the restrictions of uh, coming to and from Spain with the quarantine
3: um, rules that's been set by the government. I've only just thought of this madness. just now because I couldn't understand the, the four days nonsense either, but do you think it's because he did have a build-up of fixtures, he was trying to get them kind of relaxed and a bit more um, refreshed before it all kicks in, unfortunately what happened, happened and it's going to really impact them severely um, but it's more the performance, forget goalie. it was the performance against Kilmarnock after those days off that kind of showed that that was ridiculous, never mind giving them the days off at yeah. all but that performance yeah. then solidified the fact that he should never have done it no matter what his intentions were for doing it um, Ball and goalie, I keep on having different ways of viewing what happened and who should be punished why they should be punished um, so it'll be interesting to see what everybody else says because I'm still kind of to and fro of what punishment should be uh, uh, my biggest problem is the SPFL and the SFA not foreseeing this. They were too much of in a rush to say yes to all the government uh, regulations and rules, which is fair enough, but then didn't put it into their own uh, memorandum of how they should deal with any players or any teams that you know, fell fail, foul fail of it and now they're trying to play catch-up. And that just is the bit where it's going to cause, I think, a lot of people to think that it's unfair. At least if you know beforehand, then that's, that's fine. I think yeah,
2: this mean, should have been up to the bud like, before we even started the season because there was a few teething problems with the, mm-hmm. the testing in pre-season. So there was a, was it Motherwell, or was it perhaps or somebody, got a game cancelled oh. about 24 hours before it was played because the tests weren't in time. There was question marks around whether Rangers had played a game without having the test fully back yet. It was a B game, a, a, a B team game behind the doors because it delayed kickoff to the A team playing. That was a Motherwell game actually. Later that night, um, so there was, that's when it should have been all ironed out, but for reasons known only to the governor governing bodies of our game, it wasn't. We ended up with the problem with the Aberdeen players. As you say, I'm a, I've been to and throwing about what kind of punishments these um, players and clubs should be having, but when you look at it on the face of it, the Aberdeen players were properly tested by the club and went out after a game had taken place questionable decisions on the players' behalf. I don't think Aberdeen's particularly done anything wrong here. Um, But once that's happened and they've had a couple of positive tests, you know, hell's broke loose. Um, The ball and golly thing, he seems to have done that behind the club's back. So I don't know how you can hold the club responsible for that one. Um, But he's probably the one that has not followed any guidelines whatsoever. There's an argument the Aberdeen players didn't follow guidelines because they broke their bubble. That football's supposed to be in, uh, but bon oh I just threw the, the rules at the window.
3: The you thing, the thing I think, forward. the thing that I think may cause a bit of punishment for the clubs. I don't know what that punishment would be. Is that they will have it will be seen that they haven't actually enforced the rules hard enough into the players that they might have. I mean, probably did, but because they never took heed of the advice. They, they might be thinking, well, you didn't put Hammer at home enough. And, you know, but that's what I'm saying about after the event. It, it, it's now, the, the horse is bolted and the SPFL and the SFA have to come up with some sort of punishment after the event to try and prevent it from others. But then have to retrospectively, you know, it, it is an, an absolute minefield. And, I'm not not surprised that we've got ourselves into a minefield this early into the season with the the, the associations involved but it's just crazy that it's just you know, I I said it right from the start they were too quick to get this season underway without thinking every single possibility What's your thoughts yourself Tony?
0: I think the thing that's really surprised me and probably a lot of fans is I think a lot of people thought the players of every club would all be in this bubble so whatever happens in this bubble, the club knew what was going on. Basically, 24 hours because of everything that was going on. And I think when the Aberdeen incident happened, to me, that was a, a, an issue of not unluckiness, but of bad things happening at once. Because the Aberdeen players have gone out. The night they go out, Aberdeen gets hit with the COVID, with the um, bar, it's all in the papers, and then the Aberdeen players are found to be out. If they had went out, and I'm not saying what they done was right, but if they had went out on a Saturday night where there hadn't been any story about the Aberdeen bar, I don't think that would have came to light. If I'm being honest, I don't think that would have came out. So then that's blown it up. So that's made it all in the news. Ball and Golly's going out probably prior to that happening. So... With that, I don't blame him with going out, and you know, the Aberdeen situation because he didn't know this Aberdeen situation at that time. Where I do blame him is when he's came back, knowing what the Aberdeen situation is, and what's been happening, and not said anything. He's kept it to himself. He's kept it to the club, and apparently, by all accounts, Lennon said the players didn't even know about it. So no, so that's where I think it's inexcusable. Yeah. Do we know whether,
1: I'm trying to think, what, was Spade in quarantine at the time when he potentially went? Yeah,
0: they were. Yeah. yeah. So we're that issue, it was that issue? was like that, overnight or something. Yeah, that's
1: the yeah. issue. I mean, suppose that's for a, for a girl that he went, even for like McAvoy's criticising that, saying there's plenty of places in Glasgow you're going. <laughs> <gone>. um, <laughs> the, there was talk i seen somewhere online. Should the clubs have confiscated passports? I don't think they legally can. No, I don't think,
3: yeah. Or I held them on to the.
1: Maybe not confiscated, but maybe kept a hold of them until...
3: I think it's very strange, and maybe this is Scottish football as being Scottish football, but it's very strange did not hammer home, if you give the player four days off, we need to know where you are, because, you know, especially with the transfer window's open, I know is probably not high in any of these transfer request list at the moment, but... You know, you unless you you're Celtics. <laughs> well, it it may be, be, now. But you know, you you the, you, you know how it's not hammered home. Listen, if you go away anywhere, at any stage, do you know what I mean, mm-hmm. COVID, you should be told you you cannot fly out. It, it's a it's a it's a weird one. And how do um, two Celtic fans on? How do Celtic deal with them? Surely they can't. You know, I, I think a lot of the initial reaction was to sack them. You can't sack them. No, I don't,
0: think, I don't think they'll sack him. Um, I don't think, um, maybe Chris will disagree, but I don't think he was high in Neil Lennon's list anyway. Because he, he just, when Lennon came in, he started to vanish more and more and more. Um, and I was even amazed he got the three minutes against Kilmarnock, to be honest with you, that he came on for. Um, I, I I think, I'll just be a case, uh, he'll probably just be a sub. Um, you'll see him in the subs bench and then just, Gradually, they'll ease him out of the club. That's the way I think I'll do it. I don't know what you think, Chris.
2: I know with interest that he's not been included in the UEFA squad for the Reykjavik game.
3: Yeah, I don't think he'll be included in any squad. For no. I, th- I, think, I think they will try and punt him and probably loan him out or something. The reason why I don't think they'll sack him is they can't afford to in case something happens to somebody else who's more expensive and more valuable yeah. to them. So, that they, mm-hmm. they, as a business sense, they can't, they, they can't sack him because of that. That would be my only. Think if they if, if they, they, could, if they thought that they could do it and take Edward's passport off him, then fair enough. But they, 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 I mean, they can't. So they can't guarantee it wouldn't happen to somebody else like McGregor or um, Edward or Nick Cham. So I think that's why they would sack him. I just don't think he'll play for Celtic again. Do we think yeah, there's, there's a
1: possibility that maybe there was an issue with the instructions for him in terms of language barrier at all? Hmm.
3: I don't well, know. That's up to the club again to, to make yeah, sure that right. Could they go to Aberdeen on loan? <laughs> Just, have them, all. I, Just I, that have them all in the bowl
1: together. I think, in, I think we're in enough bother as it is. Thanks, Scott, for that. No, I know we do need a life back, but uh, no, you're all right.
0: Oh, imagine. Okay.
3: So, so quickly, what do we think SPFL will do to the clubs? I think the players will be a ban and a fine, probably. I would imagine. I would imagine they'll get banned anyway. Uh, what do they think the clubs? Anything? Fine. about fines. I don't think about them more than fines. No. Uh, this is what worries me again about even fining them. I'm thinking during a pandemic, maybe a suspended fine. Wait till we can get more money and stuff. I mean, this is where we have to realise, you know, I, I saw somebody saying about the Aberdeen players, two of them actually had the coronavirus. Nobody's asking a about their health. It was all what they are doing. They do are a disgrace, this, that, next day. We have to calm down a wee mm. bit and kind of look at it in the sense that, you know, maybe, I don't know, Aberdeen are trying to sign Ross McCrory and Celtic are the richest team, but you have to figure out that this could happen anywhere. I think you suspend, you know, find them but suspend it for a season so they can wait until they're actually getting more income and in. that would be my way of doing things. But I can never tell with the SPFL.
1: Yeah, Dave Mark came out with a statement on I think it was Friday maybe and talking about how I, right, the players have made a mistake. That's where the apologies been there. It's been dealt with by the club. But the other factor is in terms of thinking about players, I they're going to get flat from all quarters. But thinking about mental health side of things, I think yeah. yeah. He spoke about a certain journalist, which I think most folk know who it is, but he didn't name. Um he had his own mental health issues, and is it fair to basically hang him to the gallows, kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, there was talk of like sack the players. There's no way you can sack the players. they are two, assets, business assets. There's no but way that's going to happen.
3: Too many of them at Aberdeen's
1: um, Much as there's been talk today about certain goings on about folk handed and transfer requests, and possibly players have been told they can leave. We'll, Maybe talk about
0: that later on. but The problem you have in that scenario is if you do that with one club, you start sacking players who have done that, then do you sack players who are not in the media who get caught by their own clubs? So say, for example, Dundee find a player and it's like the main midfielder, but it's not in the news or anything. They're broken COVID. Do they sack him? Or do they keep it quiet because it's not in the media?
3: Well, it's up start to the going down. Club.
0: A, you know, you start going down like above, above a mystery tour as to what rules for what, you know.
3: It would, in that instance, it would be down to every individual club and how they run their business. Uh, and as we know in Scottish football, nobody runs a club the exact same way. Um, apart from trying to get the most out of it for themselves, so I, I would imagine that won't come into it. It's whether or not they view the player as an asset, how many players are involved. Mm and if they've got assets that they want to protect, like Celtic Rangers have assets they want to protect, so it'll be less likely for them to sack that sack a player at that stage, whereas some clubs might think it's an ideal way of getting rid of a wage if that player's not performing, so they'll sack him and not really worry about it. So I think it's an individual basis would have to happen in, in that case. What is the
0: actual score if another player gets caught? with Scottish football, are we are we shut down completely? Or are we on are we closed for two weeks? Or is it like a, a black card or something? That's what they do in Gaelic football, give you a black card. I mean, what what, what happens um, that after the that?
2: The threat was that, it was a, that, that this yeah. is a yellow
3: card. Uh, mm. You're
2: getting a red card next day. So but, the, the, the threat from the Scottish government is certainly that we will shut you down next time if anything else happens. Uh, thankfully, nothing else has happened. But what happens week? if
3: it's just a wee pullback? Yeah, so, I mean, mm-hmm. we we pull back with the, the shut, and it's not like it's not it's a foul, but it's no, still
2: no <laughs> so no, I, I was do what you are talking about. I'll <laughs>
3: pull back? Aye. I know that's how I had to carry on with them. <laughs> uh, uh. But yes, Nicholas, Aldi made it obvious that if anything else happens, we will pause. I would imagine football for a per- prolonged period of time, probably a month, just to really hammer home, and we can't. Nah. Your fixture list is not capable. You'd have to probably shorten the season. There's already a problem in the fixture list
2: given that we're talking about the, the like Celtic Aberdeen game that got postponed Saturday for instance. Can't really take place until January, February time. Mm.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Aberdeen have played one game so far. So I've been in a, a sorry situation. And then you would think, I think players came back into training today. I don't know if having about that fit for not having their, their time off. So I'm interested to see what line up that we put out on Thursday and how many of the, the sole eight are involved. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But it's not just that. It's going to be affecting football from top to bottom, and there's been the delays, was it 24th of August now, mm-hmm. that the lower leagues now can start their training. So
2: There were certain overreactions when it came to this, and I think the reaction of delaying the lower leagues from getting back into training, was certainly one of the overreactions. The, the the other one that happened that day was the as Scott mentioned, funnily enough, that the the, the clubs are being punished for not doing enough uh, ahead of time, um, by a governing body that didn't do enough ahead of time because they're bringing in retrospective action effectively. So they've changed the rules and what they can do, uh, or how they deal with the the COVID breaches by bringing it in the, the last few days to then. Hammer, Celtic and Aberdeen with it, haven't already breached it. I'm not it, sure I agree with retrospectively applying the rules that don't exist at the time.
0: That, that's a the problem. There was no rule set at the beginning of the season. It's just basically not make them up, but they're reacting to what's happening or what's in the media. That, that, that's oh. basically what they're doing. Um, they're just kind of reacting to things as it's going on. There was nothing set in stone at the beginning of the season about anything really. It's all been a case of Let's see what happens and we'll take it from there.
3: And now the, the lower league clubs all have to face a punishment effectively because they want to make sure they get everything mm. in order for the, the players that have already you know, made a, a mockery of the, of the situation. Because that's what's happened. They have paused the rest because they don't want anything happening within Scottish football that could mm. close it down. And they don't know what an abroad player could do or Cove Rangers or any of the smaller teams. Not, I mean, I'm not mentioning those names for any reason other than they came to me, the first two that came into my head. But that's the reason. And it's, you know, it hampers hearts are in um, the Scottish Cup semi-final, which I still think is ridiculous. Um, and, you know, they've got players that want to play international football. So, uh, 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 it's just it's an, un, an unnecessary punishment because they've overreacted, as Chris says, to, to to what's happened.
1: And it's no ideal preparation for Celtic for the European title. No,
2: well, it's funny because so many times you cannot be nice to get time off before an important European tie. Uh, certainly over a week of. Um, I have never agreed with that particular stance, I must admit, um, I don't think it sets you in good stead to not play games before an important game, um, but all things being equal, Celtic should be too much for a team like Reykjavik at uh, home, but clearly all things aren't equal because um, the Icelandic league is also suspended at the moment. Um, and obviously, there's no home fans, so the home advantage is a lot less than it would be otherwise. Uh, it didn't prove to be too bad against Hamilton a couple of weeks ago, um, but that's not to say it would be the same against Reykjavik. Um, hopefully, it's... I mean, you've said earlier that Aberdeen are playing on Thursday night as well, so um, that's we hope that they can um, get through with But
3: run. Do they think like Celtic... Um, especially the Lennon will use it as a kind of hammer the players home. Listen, we've got to prove all these doubters wrong. We've got to make a significant impact straight away, and it may actually galvanise them for the first couple of games that they do come back in. I hope so.
2: <laughs> I don't know. No. Um, the, what, the, the last time they had their time off was before I on that Kamalot game, and they weren't exactly impressive coming back for that. Um, they'll need to be a lot better than
1: that. That's for sure. I, 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 agree.
2: It's I had agree a fantasy
1: football team in the domestic arch and man, I need I had three Celtic players on my team. Shocking. Might not sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> we all think Celtic will get through comfortably. You would think you, like, you would think so. I don't know about it. You'd I'm not sure com- no, I'm not comfortable with it at all. Not
3: after the last few the last couple of
0: weeks. Um, I think but, they'll,
3: they'll,
1: I think
2: they'll get through.
3: I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't know how comfortable. If they scored an early goal, yes. If you know, I mean it depends how the game plays out. But because of the time off, because maybe of you know, it depends how the players take it. To... So I I, mean, I,
0: I remember we played Reykjavik. Was it was about two, three years ago. We played them under
2: and again it was under weird circumstances because it was one of the two games that they played at Murrayfield because certain oh, parts right. they used for the, the um, Commonwealth. Commonwealth Games. So they got
0: six years ago. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't think much of Reykjavik then so I don't know if they've improved or what have you but I, I, I would think they would go through however I do agree with Chris I thought Celtic were quite sluggish against Hamilton especially first half um, in the Camano game they just never got into it um, on, on that, Celtic don't play well on plastic pitches anyway it's just the way they are in tight pitches um, and they just couldn't break Kilmarnock down. So I, I would think in a, a, a big park like Celtic Park, they should be able to beat Reykjavik. They should be.
2: I was going to say, I I've, I've thought Celtic have looked sluggish in most of the games I've watched this season, but two of them were against PSG and on And uh, they're pretty good, they tell me.
3: <laughs> in the, the semi-finals of the Champions League. <laughs> not such a bad thing. <laughs> see, the Scottish teams helped them out by giving them some hard warm-up games and now they're in the Champions League semi-finals. Uh the vendors not won a trophy against both of them. Uh well no, it was just, uh, <laughs> Leon, certainly.
1: What do we think then? Oh, of course new strikers come in, a Jetty. Think he will do well?
0: I don't know much I about him. So, I I will leave this to you, Chris. I really don't know yeah, I, much. He never got he never got much of a chance in England. Um, mm. but certainly before then he, he
2: looked he looked decent. So um, it's an interesting uh new sort of signing Policy that Celtic have got and that will identify people, then they'll sign for big money there in England not work out quite <laughs> enough there and then come to Celtic <laughs> anyway because the only <laughs> nice, it was kind of the same thing. Unfortunately, um, it doesn't mean they have a massive wage, um, but yeah, but but we've obviously brought uh, a Yeti in um, on a permanent deal, which it did look as if it was going to be a loan initially, but. Uh permanent real seems to signal certainly a bit of intent there. And it gives us a few more second options. We might be able to put ah, 5-2 again. So if we do have to drop a left back, for instance, <laughs> then we could go for three to back if there'sn't much problem. Um we do start to in defence because we don't have too much um selection options with a back three. I think my worry last week when we were talking about this was that that's that's probably what's stopping us from going with two up front is we don't have the options for three outside of uh, Elhamid, um, Ayer, and uh, Julian.
0: I forgot about Beaton be last week. Uh,
1: Beaton as well. Beeton who sometimes played <sighs> at the back, but
2: it's not
0: an idea. I, 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 I don't like Beaton at the back, if I'm being I've, honest. Uh, it's, it's, a,
2: it's a last resort. It can, a be solid. It, it can be solid at the back, and then other times you have like the rabbit in headlights like games like he did in the Stana once. <laughs>
0: Do, do well, you know who, remi- up, who he reminds me of when he plays three in the back with Beaton? Vida Reseth. Vida Reseth <laughs> used to be like I <laughs> know. Vida Reseth used to be like this player every so often, sell to got a three in the back, and reset would be the third to say, half because he would play like in defensive mid, like you play like out in, I think it was the right. I think he used to play, um, and he used to stick him in, in the third as uh, a third defender, and um, he could have a good game or he could have a bad game, and it just. I think, it, I think you need somebody to be consistent if you can put that three at the back. And Aye, Yeah, I don't fancy Beaton there.
2: We need another option there.
1: We've lost that since mm-hmm. Jozo's left. Aye. So, we should move on to the two sets of fixtures that there was. Though they were, they were shortened a wee bit, because obviously, the Sky must be agent just now. I mean, I meant that what <laughs> Aberdeen St. Johnson cancelled, then Celtic St. Mirren was cancelled, but mm. there was a game played on TV last Tuesday uh, Hibs and Dundee
2: United to be fair maybe Sky are better off avoiding these games because yeah, they yeah. seem to be a bit jinxed at the moment they showed three games this last week and they've only had a goal <laughs> when it was <laughs> this game with Dundee United at Hibs game
1: And think Hibs deserve to win
2: I don't know I thought it, like a decent, it was a decent enough performance at Dundee United but obviously I couldn't put the ball in it um, I I don't think the goal should have stood because I think in the build-up um, Doig was offside I've got a back these two up there Doig was the one that scored the goal Doig was the one that looked like he was offside in the build-up to the goal it was narrow um, mm-hmm. VR would certainly have ruled it out um, but I can see why it would have been missed by human error Anyone else get any thoughts on the game? Uh, Doig I think
1: this
3: Calendar year has really, you know, started to show he's, he's worth it for Hibbs, and I think specifically again in this game he won like thirteen headers, and mm. if you've got Kevin Nisbet and Martin Boyle in and around there, feeding off that, it could be a, a really dangerous outlet for Hibs. And a good thing for Hibbs, I think, at the moment is they're not actually playing that great, but mm. picking up points, so that could go either two ways. That could be the, the they start dropping points because they're continually not playing well, or they start actually beating teams convincingly because they've been up to you know, their fitness and they start getting more confidence as they're picking up points. But I would, I would say at the moment, Jack and Ross must be quite happy with the fact that they're picking up points and still look as if they've got a couple of years and some players to come back as well. So I, I think it was very um, it, was a, it was a close game. I think Dundee United, from what I've seen, their games so far this season are going to be like that for a lot of teams. It's going to be cut. It's going to be you know very hard for them to get to break them down and to keep them inside their own half. I think that you know they look as if they're going to be a team that are going to be well structured and well versed in what they're going to be doing. Um, so I, th- I thought it was it was a close game, but um, yeah, like Hibs will be happy just to to get another three points because. They, they never seem to know when they're going to get a, a, a bad patch up. So, if they're, if they're picking up points when they're, they're not playing so well, then all
0: the better, I think, for them. Yeah, I like Jack Ross as a manager, to be honest with you. And I think the side of the gogic is, is really good for them because I thought the centre of their midfield, well, certainly if you watched them last season um, prior to Covid, um, they did seem to lose a lot of midfield battles. You know, I mean, there seem to be, like, big high balls up to the striker quite a So, I think Gojic being in there will probably do them a wee turn. Um, hibs are hibs, aren't they? You just never know where you get with hibs. And that's a problem, I think. Um, the fans are probably over the minute at the start. But then in the back of their head, they're probably thinking, what's going to happen when we go in a bad run, if, if we do go in a bad run? Um, hopefully...
3: I see them. I see them in the weekend when they dropped first points of the season, and they were heads in their, their heads were in their hands. They were going, "Oh, that's dreadful!" and "Can't believe mm-hmm. we didn't play better and stuff." you have "You get ten points out of twelve. What's you know, you, you're going to get? <laughs> probably going to go through a worst time this season. Just wait. You know, it's but so I think Hibs fans are always quite pessimistic. Sometimes, you know I mean? It's a, it seems to be their natural default position. I think.
0: I think sadly for them that it's it's always been that way. I I always remember, um. The season we won the league, 97-98, they started really good with Jim Duffy, I think. Um, going into the middle of September, they were top of the league, had a flyer, at start, and they ended up getting relegated.
3: I think even mm-hmm. up until Christmas, they were doing really yeah. well and dropped, or dropped off the cliff. So I yeah, think... as fans, they are they are used to it, so they, they yeah. are, they're <laughs> probably waiting for the, for the bad times to, to get a return. I'd
0: like to see them do it. I'd, 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 I'd like to see them build on it and become a good team, you know, and, and really try and get third, you know, and try and get a third, fourth place for themselves. I think they, I they'd think be a good team to go into Europe if they expand themselves.
3: And if they can provide uh, footage for their away fans to watch, that'd be good as well. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: one thing that's come up over the last couple of days obviously, Hibs are interested in Ross McCrory potentially on or maybe a permanent deal for them Rangers, but. Weirdly enough, it looks like it. he might be going to Aberdeen. So, certainly, I'm just looking to strengthen their squad further, which I think they will need if they want to compete up the, the top end of the league. But I, mm. I'm surprised at the McCrory to Aberdeen one. I'm hoping it doesn't mean that it means a, a key player's leaving, such as Lewis Ferguson, yeah. Yeah, which, the my, most
2: obvious possible
1: transfer which my Rangers, yeah. I've made this a Rangers fan, is winding me up saying, that's why McCrory's going to you, because there's, an, there's a deal agreed for Ferguson to go to Rangers.
3: Um. I'm still unsure where McCrory's going to end up positional is he going to be a centre-back or is he going to be a defensive midfielder so I think it just depends where Derry McInnes actually sees him playing and how he if, if fits him into the team um, Maybe up front given the problems up, have <laughs> yeah, with Aberdeen having injuries at the lack like, of he can play right back as well. I'm sure I've seen him play right back a few times. Yeah, I so, think folks said
1: he was playing right back for Portsmouth last
3: year, but yeah, he definitely did it at Rangers as well. Uh, I think I think he's a really good player. Um, one of those decent young Scottish players that Gerald just can't seem to to see progressing enough to get uh, first team football at Rangers regularly enough. Uh, so I, I think he will do. I think he will do well at Aberdeen. As you say, is that offset by somebody leaving? Um I I would like to think Lewis Ferguson will stay another year at Aberdeen before it goes anywhere. Um I think he still has to prove himself beyond any doubts at Aberdeen. Um and I think certain games he's still got to, to do that. And I think better do that at Aberdeen than trying to catch up doing that somewhere else. Um but that's just my thoughts on, on that one. He's definitely better staying at Aberdeen.
1: I think if he stays at Aberdeen another a couple of seasons or that, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up potentially captain at some point. And I think he's got the ability to move down south to a decent club with more experience. I think his age already, the experience he's got, he's got a good young player of the year and that. Aberdeen fans are taking to him really well. The problem he's got is that he's not got a set position at Aberdeen because our midfield has been chopped and changed so much over the last season. He's not a number 10. He's not, I don't think he's a sitting midfielder either. I think he's a traditional old style box to box midfielder. And if we could get him playing box to box, maybe that's why McCauley's coming in to play defensive midfield. It gives us a lot of midfield options because we've already got Oyo, Bryson, McGeek, Campbell, Ferguson. That's where you think maybe there's there's one away. Whether it's maybe Bryson, there's been rumours of that today Um, online that him and Devlin are away. So
0: see what happens. How much do you think Aberdeen would hold out for him? How much they would want? for Lewis Ferguson yeah I think they'd be looking for a significant
1: significant fee I mean if you're talking about McKenna he was getting talked about for what maybe 20 million no I'm not kidding on <laughs> uh, upwards of 5 million I think Lewis Ferguson has got
3: much more potential than what McKenna has um, do you think though they should have sold McKenna when they they had that 5 million probably I say-
1: looking back if it's if it's true then there has been a few I think Steve Bruce came out at one point and said that when he was manager at I think where he was at the time Sheffield Newcastle Wednesday? was it Sheffield Wednesday but he was only
3: there for a week
1: was he not was it not Sheffield Wednesday was for I think a was that, I'm sure it was him or someone else someone came out and did say that they, they did have interest in McKenna at one point yeah we could regret it because McKenna was here on last year well,
3: he was, a, was he not at Aston Villa as well was he not I, before it was Sheffield Wednesday for like a, 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 a couple of weeks and then he went or a, a couple of months and then he went to, I'm sure it was Villa before that
0: yeah, yeah,
1: you did go evil. Um, yeah, I think uh, we regret it because he'll not go for the same money. McKenna obviously handed in a transfer request last year. He's not with the same player. Um, and we were able to get half of what we were offered originally. But they obviously thought that they could potentially get more from him because the championship, even down south, was crazy transfer fees. So, mm. I just never and see. Yeah, I really do hope it doesn't mean that someone like Fergan's away. Other players have been Price and Wayne, I don't think anyone, anyway, Aberdeen fan would be particularly bored. I think likewise with Devlin as well, unfortunately. As good a player he is at times, he's just really unfortunate with injuries. And the fact that we've signed Holbin, who's also got problems with injuries, I don't think you can afford to carry maybe both Holbin and Devlin in the squad. Plus, there's been rumours for a while at Aberdeen that McInnes and Devlin, there seems to be some kind of friction between them. Um, whether it's true or not who knows so maybe we'll get a better idea over the next coming days and what we see on Thursday with the line-up mm. um, going back to Dundee United though their other game obviously lost there but weekend good performance I I
3: thought it was a really good game actually from the two teams I thought uh, Ross County gave as good as they got but, uh, unfortunate in a lot of ways, I thought both teams just went at it. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, this, I think some of the games has been quite um, standoffish, uh, uh, kind of feeling each other out in a kind of boxing sense. Whereas I think both of these two teams actually thought, right, let's just throw down the gloves and go at it. Um, I thought that the United, again, as I said earlier, I think Mickey Mellon's got them played to a strategy that seems to be working for them. I like the fact that afterwards he talked up the club's tradition, he talked up the club's uh, youth development side of things. Um, and I really liked their uh, second goal, the winner, uh, Nicky Clark. Um, but I've been impressed with both both Ross County and Dundee United this season, I think. As I say, they, they seem to have a game plan and they stick to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... Uh, you know, of all the games this weekend, that was probably one of my favourites to actually watch.
0: You think it was a penalty for Payton? I
3: don't, I don't think it was necessarily a penalty. I definitely don't think it was a yellow card uh, for a dive.
0: I, 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 uh, I could see it given.
3: You can see, given as a penalty. Yeah, yeah, I, I,
0: yeah. I could I, I, it's one of those ones? It's fifty-fifty.
3: Yeah, it, uh. I think I think the way in which his leg has came behind the player has probably been the, the, the main factor of it. Mm. But certainly there was there was contact. as who, who I think it's dependent on who initiated the con, uh, the contact. Mm. Um, who decides that? Uh, obviously, the referee in this case. But it, it was enough for him to go down, you know. I think sometimes referees forget that players can go down when it's not a penalty, it's not a free kick. There's a natural bit of contact. He's going at a certain pace. He's thinking that it's going to be more contact than it, than it actually is. Certain things players' minds. Just carry on the game. I don't, I don't, I didn't understand the the, the booking situation. And yeah, it could have been, it could have been given as a penalty. I think that you know, as I say, it just depends on your interpretation of who's kind of initiated that contact.
0: I would like to have seen what would have happened if there was a crowd in the ground. It's weird. But do you know, do that when you watch games and you see decisions. And you, I, I've been doing a lot recently. I've been thinking, I wonder what would they have given if there had been like a full house or a crowd there. Would they have automatically because I think some of the referees are making better decisions or they're more confident in themselves because there's nobody about to give I, them abuse
3: It's funny, I, I actually more up to quickly point on the Rangers game yesterday the referee was very quick to give Morelos a yellow card <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and I think I think he knew the camera was on him just he, the way he, he gave out the yellow card it wasn't just they gave him a yellow card you know, fair enough it was about the said. you know, the referee wants to give a yellow card let's give him but he was—it's as if he noticed it was Morelos, ran mm-hmm. up to him, and just showed her the yellow card in this theatrical kind of way, you know, and kind of almost like a wee kind of smirk in his face. So, I, I, he would—would would he do that if there was a Rangers, even a Rangers away crowd? At, mm-hmm. at, at, at that yeah. I was going to say Allenville, obviously Tony Macaroni, Arena. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. when You look at the refereeing decisions that they could be very much would they be swayed by the fans it's a, it's a very good point
1: Do we think aside from the penalty shout Ross County would be disappointed not to get a win with the chances at Stuart
3: Yeah well that's that, That's the thing he's had a good start to the season and I think had he put his chances away early then the game could have been he could have been running away with, with, with the game and then unfortunately they don't defend well in the first goal they could have cleared that twice better the, the, the first clearance should have been better they, set, they then set themselves too deep for when it came back, which is fair play to Derdy United again. They kind of decided to not panic in that situation and pass the ball back across the deck. And then it crossed in. I think just Ross County just panicked in, the, in their, their own box. They could have been just a bit sturd there. Um, but yeah, had, had Stewart taken his chances, the game would have been gone by then.
1: Overall, though, you would say both teams will be pleased with seven points after
3: four games. Oh, definitely. And both both managers will be happy with how the, the players have came about, that the, done, done their jobs. I think that's the most important thing for both of them and how they've taken to the strategies of what they've wanted to do this season. If they carry that on, then there'll be no issues for the two teams, I don't think. it will matter up to go
2: down and they want to do it because they, <laughs> you, you say it but they're, they're, they were given as good as they got against United. It was the same against Kamarnock in my break as well. I mean they they had the lead in that game, lost it, but when they actually fight their way back in it, they had a
3: chance to had a post as well in that game, so I think out of all the teams, Chris, they seem to be the ones that are kind of at people's ankles and getting about it and you know, they do seem to be kind of really eager to get in and do
1: their jobs, and uh, I think that bodes well for them this season.
3: Yeah, we touched we on that a bit. We wouldn't get
1: because we of we that. We touched on the point as well. I think it was maybe last week, the whole situation with Ross Stewart and playing like in a kind of deeper role, because obviously, naturally you would expect him to be playing as a target man up front, whereas playing from midfield, he's popping up in the left, popping up through the middle, popping up with the channels and that. No one knows how to pick him up or how to deal with him, so... It's been really impressive so
3: far. Uh, so, but yeah, to see the spine of the rotor players have all been quite impressive. I think Guardian's been really good um, on the left hand side and Vigels in the middle as well. And I think even though you've got a kind of a blend, if your experienced players are actually really performing well, again, that, that has you in good stead. And to be fair, at the moment, uh, Ross County's experience, more experienced players have done well and that's given confidence, I think, throughout the team.
1: And then we like a pick-it-out moment. So I think Donaldson's certainly a contender for pick-it-out this week with his goal.
3: It was a great technique. I think, you know, to, the teammate cushioned it down with the chest. I think I always love the volley. You kind of cut it cut it in with your uh, the top of your foot to get a bit, a bit of a, a swerve, a bit of a bend on it, and it's just it away from the two defenders. I think the keepers kind of thought one of them was going to get deflection and it's just not happened and it's taken away from the keeper as well. I thought that was like a very good strike, yeah.
1: And then, I'm trying to think now, going back to the other midweek fixtures that we had, Motherwell and Lovington. So the big comment from that was Stephen Dormerson came out and saying, well, would have been like playing with seven men to try and get some kind of reaction after the game. That was his response. But, but, then,
3: he only, <coughs> but then he only dropped two. So, you know, you go into the next game and you only drop two players. How have you... you, I mean, I know I understand where the comment's coming from and he's probably, you know, he's he's probably not wrong. But it seemed seemed a wee bit premature, I think. Um, The the thing I would say about Motherwell that I've noticed in their games this season, I still don't know where... If the goals dry up from midfield, where they're going to come from up front. I don't really see somebody... You know, and has that been the case for a while since Malt left? Have they had some of the scoring goals in the kind of last third? Um, obviously, I think Campbell's, Alan Campbell's great. I think um, Ross Turnbull could be coming back on to a game, but then will they have him when the transfer window shuts? Uh, that could be a, a, another one. I think, I, I just think the comment is a bit premature and it never really got a reaction in the Hibs game and I think that's where I would suggest Mm. well, it was an unnecessary comment if you're not going to get a reaction you're only going to drop two players and they they did okay, they did okay against Hibs but it wasn't, I mean it didn't really see it wasn't a, a full team of players trying to prove themselves to the manager again. Obviously, seems-
2: talking about the defenders because the defenders did all right against Hibs, whereas mm. the goals yeah. he conceded against Livingston—it was obviously a penalty. It was the first one, which mm. smashed it of
3: for forearm, so no doubt about that one. But the, the, the second should have been marked a bit better. Yeah, you know? the, the defense and the, the, the Forest goal was was woeful. Um, uh, uh, the, the defense clearly had stepped up uh, in, in the Hibs game, but. Yeah. I, I, it, it, again, where the goals going to come from? If the, if, if you can't rely on other areas of your field, uh, other areas in the midfield, the defence. It has to come up at some stage from your forwards and I just don't see somebody scoring regularly enough to possibly get them back to third place again.
0: Do you think you may be feeling the heat a wee bit from fans? Because from any time I've ever heard my little fans, whether it be on the radio or in, um, you know, like the papers, um either seem to be they really like him or they don't. There's no like, I I, I don't really know the whole Motherwell fan base what they like with regards to how they feel, but looking at it on the media side for Motherwell fans, it seems to be that they're kind of always split. He's he's always like one defeat away from getting criticism big time in the papers by Motherwell fans. Do you think he's now thinking, well, I'm going to start putting some of the blame on the players here for this rather than me getting it all the time? I think one thing you've got to consider about Motherwell last season was
1: a bit of an exception to the rule in terms of league form under Robinson, whereby they maybe punched above their weight. Prior to that, they weren't particularly great in the league. Okay, they did well what two seasons ago, they got to both cup finals. But I think maybe last season, they punched above their weight a wee bit. Mm. And now, maybe because they finished in third, teams are a bit more right, we need to prevent them playing. And they're not only maybe the type of team that's going to play through you, Motherwell. I think they've all kind of suit maybe playing on the counter attack. You've got the likes of Turnbull as well, who's just coming back from like a long-term injury, and probably there's a wee bit of too much expectation on him to perform um, with that as well. So,
3: I, I think Motherwell. I think Motherwell is a football club are very good at promoting themselves, mm. and I think in that instance, I think Robinson gets a lot of good attention because it's from his own kind of. Club media, but I just don't. I don't see the the positives that certain people seem to make about. I don't see. I don't see him as a as a as a negative uh, manager or anything against him. I just don't see him being, you know, talk about Northern Ireland international job and stuff like that. There was kind of stuff that was said about him previously down south. was it bullying or something. I can't remember the, the full the full scenario and how that ended up, but. um I think the one thing I will say uh, in his defence is that when he at stage one of his first seasons, he his team were playing dog, pragmatic football, and then suddenly they were, and they were in the kind of bottom half. They I don't think they were ever really threatened relegation, but then he, he decided to actually be a bit more entertaining, and it actually got them further up the table. So he is he is capable of changing his the way his team plays but if you've not got the personnel and as I say if you've not got people that are going to score you goals then it's only so far that can take you Yeah, Any thoughts to us?
1: No, I'm not going to talk about that <laughs> totally agree I would mean, <laughs> not when
2: the Northern Ireland job came up and I think of the two managers that were in Scotland at the time Tommy Wright seemed like the more obvious one and um, Obviously, Northern Ireland went a different way again, but um, I never really fancy Stephen Romans for that job, and I think Scott's oh, nailed it really as to why. It just it, it, There's something not quite right, um,
1: but uh, nothing else to it <laughs> cool. uh, In terms of Livingston, obviously, got a draw. Alan Forrest got his first goal for the club, but over the last few days and yesterday, Lyndon Dykes. You've been talked about a transfer move for a while. The one talk point it was Rangers, but it's a different kind of Rangers that are like taking him. So Queens Park Rangers,
0: a couple million pounds supposedly. Yeah, that's right, two million. Do um, you know what? I hope the boy does well. I hope he goes down there and really turns it on because I think it'd be good for our league to have someone who's like a star of one of the teams in our top division go down to the Championship and actually, you know, I mean, banging the goals and you by recognition. Um. Yeah, I. Well, I think will happen. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think they'll need to give them time to sell in. Um, two millions. I think Livingston got a really good deal of that. If I'm being honest, I uh, I would never have thought two million for them. But um, yeah, Livingston done the right thing. I think sell them and bring someone else through and try and develop someone else. I
2: don't think are in a position to turn down two million. Mm-hmm. That's for
3: sure. I, well, think. Say, I, I, think, I think, he is worth two million in the grand scheme of English football, and that's what we have to. It, it's whoever's willing. I'm worth two million be. in the grand scheme of grand <laughs> English football. Come on. <laughs> but but yeah, you know, sometimes we have to talk ourselves up. Do you know what I, mean? I think, I think he's a player who so far has progressed at every every level that he's been at. Um, he's he's, he's Taking on the challenge head on. I think he certainly at times in the Scottish Premiership bullied defences last season. Um so I, I think there's a, a there's a lot of value onto onto him for that. I would be worried if I was him or his representative his representatives, that QPR's maybe not the best club, chopping and changing the managers. Mark Wobberton, not a huge fan on the sense that he can only play one one type of football. Um, I don't think that garners enough to get success. I think that was kind of proved that Rangers and that, uh, Brentford before that, It's it reaches, it's got a ceiling. Um, I mean, we were like Brendan Rogers, but Brendan Rogers is the, the Champions League version of the Championship version, which is Mark Warburton. There's a ceiling and I think, you know, I think Dykes will do well. I don't think he's going to score a huge amount of goals necessarily but he will provide a good foil for somebody else to score a lot of goals which is I think I, I see that a lot of people are now saying that he's going to pick Scotland ahead of Australia and I'm, I'm happy with that I think he's given a, a certain reason to why that, that we shouldn't have a problem with that his family are Scottish, his wife's Scottish his kid's Scottish, he's got his big start in football in the Scottish leagues, he's Played lower league, he's came into top division. I'd prefer if we had somebody a bit more polished, but I've got no problem with him playing for Scotland. My, my
0: worry is, it's not so much worry, it's a hope that he doesn't become like another, you know, like Ross McCormick, that kind of floats around the lower leagues. And not the lower leagues, but floats around all the teams in the championship, and he never quite makes it to the... You know you know what I mean? Like, he never quite makes a big... Move jump the, over the fences, yeah. House.
1: <laughs> Do you remember, remember that? That's why he never made training because he he couldn't jump, he could get, he was locked in.
0: He he was supposed to be like the, the, the bit, next big thing, and I don't know. I just hope he doesn't turn into one of the players who just goes around all the championship clubs. So that'd be a shame for the lads, you know.
1: I think he could be well suited to that league in terms of the style of football that that he does play. I mean, he's not scared about putting himself about. Again, last weekend we were touching on uh, Julian struggling against Kabamba. Julian hates playing against Dykes. Mm. Do you think oh, there'll be a lot of defenders like that in the, the championship down there that will not like playing against him?
3: Yeah, he's tenacious. He's tenacious. He's strong. He's got a bit of pace about him. You know, he's, he's got the things that defenders hate, and that you know, if he can just find a few more goals to his game, I, I, I don't see it being a, an issue. As I say, I think it's more club than
1: him. It may, it may be an issue. Yeah. And then obviously it's going to be difficult for Leamington to replace him. I think Gary Holt came out yesterday and said that ah, he'll not be asking for anything, any money to replace him. So, see what happens there. I think they will. They'll get someone in, surely. They'll not pay any money, I don't think, but they will bring someone in.
0: Or well, it may be a good chance for one of the young lads to come through, get, get their opportunity, you know what I mean? Try and do it that way, try and get one of the kids through. So I suppose that's the best way you can look at it, in a Scottish football term. It gives another Scottish kid, hopefully, a chance, you know, to do something.
1: I mean well, the boy Hamilton started up front yesterday against Rangers, and mm. he did all right. I mean, he didn't have much service or much support, but I thought he did okay considering
3: yeah, you and on and that basis, you can judge a, a striker um, no. because they never provided that an, enough going forward. Mm-hmm. It will be games against your, your Haltons and Ross counties and stuff like that that you'll have to then judge mm-hmm. whoever comes in. Um, they seem to have a couple of options from the bench. Um, I've not seen enough of them. I of the was it the Slovakian or Slovenian boy came on and then got injured and had to come back off and they brought the boy they, they signed from co-winning Rangers uh, or who played for co-winning Rangers at, at some stage on. You'd have to wait. Until I'd, I'd have to wait and see more of those this before I can judge, and I certainly wouldn't judge any of them on the the, the Rangers game apart from Endeavour, which I think the whole team showed.
1: I know you're spot on in terms of Livingston get their tactics spot on yesterday. They know that Rangers don't like playing against a team that sits in mm-hmm. that deep. And it's up to Rangers to break that down, and that's something under Gerard. Where at times domestically, I think they have struggled. Um, it's something that frustrates me when Aberdeen play them, but we have a, we have got results by sitting in against them because they do they do they play nice football up until the final third. But at times mm. no, they lack that bit of penetration,
3: they, um, they, or that bit of guile. There was no need for Gerard to play Jack and Kamara in midfield the way that he did. And the two of them just kind of floating around, passing the ball, you probing but not actually getting anywhere. He would have been better off, um, I think, you as a number ten, and starting off with two kind of fast wingers that are going to try and get beyond the, t- the byline or f- get the balls into Barisic and have uh, Tavernier to to put it into the box. Uh, I think, you know, I think Gerrard's, issue yesterday and it's it's an issue that I think has humbled him a few times is he's not been quick enough and probably not cute enough to actually start with a different formation and he's just gone with it again after a good result and you've got to say well you've got to look at who you're playing and it's been mentioned already that Celtic don't like playing these pitches and Rangers don't, but Barisic coming out and saying he doesn't like these pitches beforehand does my head in why does a player give an excuse before they've even played the game of football Win and then tell me you don't like it. Do you know what I mean? Do your job. I don't care if you're Rangers, or Celtic, and this is—you know—you're playing against players who, on paper, are inferior to you. You have to overcome. If you're going to win the league titles, you've got to have to overcome these games at these at these arenas, these stadiums. So I, I, I don't like this excuses beforehand. Um, they train in these pitches. They've grown grown up in these pitches. It's 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 not a shock to them anymore. It, it really is it. I think it's an excuse. Uh, I think the reason they didn't, there was no reason for them not winning yesterday. The reason they didn't win yesterday was that Livingston were deservedly getting their point because they were diligent, they were compact, they stuck to their task and they tried to get a header on every ball, they, a block in every shot. And apart from Ryan Kent, Nobody else at Rangers was really just taking the initiative, at Ryan Kent wasn't particularly great, but at least they tried to take the initiative with going at players. Nobody else was doing that at Rangers, and that's coming from the manager and how he set the team out, I think.
0: I think they'll over
3: line, Kent, if I'm looking at it. I mean, They're they, they riot too much, if anything, on free kicks from Barisic. That's what it seemed like yesterday. They, they were actually trying to buy a free kick on the, the third and it, it was almost like a penalty situation for them. So Barisic should step up and score. It
2: seemed to be the like, what... seen Rangers have was
3: tipped onto the bar for a free ah, kick. It was, that was yeah. a
0: great save. Yeah, the, the but, that,
3: but you could see from Rangers, or I saw from Rangers' uh, play that that's what they were playing for. That's what they were hoping for. That that, that situation was going to happen instead of to, actually the... trying to create something within within the game
0: they need another attacking midfielder They can break a defence like, like When teams play in that formation where they're just basically defending and holding out for the draw, they need to get someone who can get the ball and actually break. Because the way I looked at it was, it seemed to be as, they were trying to get Livingston to come out and Livingston were really well organised. They weren't falling for the trick. So what they were then doing is kind of going left to Kent and hoping that Kent would then do like some sort of zigzag to get in. Now, whether that was, as you said, Scott, to get a free kick or to get some um, play where they would be able to do something off the ball, I, I don't know. But that seemed to be, everything seemed to be pass, pass, give it to Kent.
3: Because wow. a, a part of that reason, Tony, is because there was an imbalance because Hadji's on the right and Hadji's not a fluid player who's going to stick to the right-hand side. He mm-hmm. should be in at number 10. And this is why I'm giving Hadji a bit more time to settle in. Everybody's writing him off, as Scottish football does, after a couple of games. He, he he will be like that. There will be games that he, he comes in and out of games. That's just the way he's gonna be, I think. But play him in his natural position, give him a bit more freedom. And then have somebody else in the right, not Barker, who I've never seen have a good game at Rangers. I've thought I've not seen him have a you know, he made a mistake, not him personally, probably Man City made the mistake of not giving him back to Hibs for another season. They, mm. they took him to Preston and was a bit mm. back player and now he's came Rangers, and he's not, he's not the player that he was at Hibs. He's not confident. He, he just he doesn't give anything. I would play Jones or bring somebody else in. And obviously, injury doesn't help. But you've got to find somebody else that can give you something on the right. And that's why they continue to go down the left, is because they never saw that apart from Tavenier in the right. And how, long, how many times in the last three years has it been Tavenier in the right? There's nobody yes, left, there's been nobody else to, to really give them something naturally on the right-hand side enough. I think, that yeah, think Ream really
0: just... you go, Tony. I, I was just going to say that I, th- I thought they did miss Aribo actually actually, mm-hmm. um, because he'd actually played quite reasonably well um, for the first couple of games, so I think they did miss him. Just as someone who goes past the midfield and supports the attack, I don't think there was MD supporting um, More- Morelos yesterday. Um,
3: Ruth, Ruth could be that player as well he could play as a number 10 so he could be in and around and maybe flick-ons and do stuff as as well and maybe bring out the Livingston defence a bit deeper I don't think it worked in the second half it's hard to play that position coming off the bench mm. and, and doing something from that um, and it, you know he's probably not fit enough to start and play that way but he could have started Hadji as a 10 have somebody else in, on the right hand side and then, if he, if he doesn't feel he has that position, then bring somebody else in. You know, he's still got his Liverpool loan obligation to, to bring in somebody for that role, surely. So, you know, it's...
1: I think the, the issue is where they're too reliant on their fullbacks for getting deliveries into the box. I don't even think Haji plays on the right. I think Haji and Ken are both asked to play almost like inside rights, inside lefts. Mm. So, all that Levinson needed to do yesterday was basically double up on the fullbacks because the middle of the park is just crowded because Livingston are bringing everyone back and there's no that creativity. Kent was maybe good in busts Here and there, he looked quite lively. He's had a pretty good start to the season. Um, so I was a wee bit critical of him last season. I don't think he delivered quite enough for Rangers compared to when he came in his loan spell. Hadji's not done quite enough yet, but as you say, Scott, he's a number 10. He's no, he's no, a, he's no a wide player or even playing in that kind of in-between position. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of kind of issues... Interestingly, tactically, they were looking at it in terms of why they're playing Kamara and Jack, and it's because Tabernir and Barisic do get forward so much. It's then up to Jack and Kamara t- to fill in. But surely all you do in that situation is have one going forward each time, balance mm-hmm. it out, and then yeah. just have one holding midfielder and then being a wee bit more flexible up top. Morelis yeah. is getting asked to play a different role. Why take away Morelis' strength, which has been a goal scorer? Like having him deeper. I think they're almost trying to play a Liverpool way, whereby you've got Mourinho, no, not Mourinho, and playing as a Firmino. Firmino, yeah. That, that's I, what it looks like
3: to me. I, I think I think there's, maybe I think people are looking a wee bit too much into that. I think they're trying to evolve Morelos a bit more and I think, it, you know, it, it proved it, it, weight in gold against uh, Aberdeen because it, it worked. But you've got to, as I say, this is what I think with Gerrard's issue is. Sometimes you have to change things up especially in the games that you know your team aren't at their, at their strongest. Change it up then. Make, make them think before the Viva go in the park that they need to prove themselves to the manager. Um, I, I don't know if Morelos will evolve into that position full-time. I think it all depends on where Morelos goes or stays. Um, I think he will play further up. I think they need to get somebody else for the right wing. Um, but you you saw yesterday... For all Livingston's good points, none of it was really going forward. Rangers were solid at the back. They don't need to worry about having two players into to, Jack could have done that by himself. Kamara was just a, a waste of a player um, yesterday. He, 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 he has those sort of games where it just doesn't work out for him. He continues to try and find a pass. Doesn't work out for him, and you're like, "Well, why are you there? You're, you know, you you you're not needed." And they could have had something else, um, you know, a Greg Docherty at least go box to box, something else, try something different. Don't rely on the same thing all the time, and that's sometimes part of Gerald's problem, I think, at Rangers.
1: Yeah, they're pretty comfortable when midweek, though.
3: Yeah, I, I told, you know they scored in, in the twenty-first minute, cams everything down. Very good free kick because we. We have said with Barisic, he has got that in his locker. He's had another good start to the season as well, set up Kent's goal. Um, I think St. Johnson are still a team in transition between two managers, so they're still kind of getting to to, to grips with the Davidson style. I think, you know, Rangers have a really good start to the season. I don't think they've thrown it away by dropping points still to Ligston, but they have given Celtic a bit more of a momentum a bit more of motivation to come back and really kick on. I think if they'd won all their games before Celtic played again, that would have heaped a whole lot more pressure, but by dropping those two points actually gives Celtic a bit of, well, we know what we're doing now. We've got it back in our own hands. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the win against Johnston was was good, comprehensive, but they followed up by tripping up against Livingston, so that it becomes not irrelevant, but Near as much irrelevant as you can get because they've not followed through on it as they've done under Gerald so far under his management team.
1: Ori and Chris, do you see Rangers as more of a threat this season than what they were last season?
2: Uh, I think they were a pretty good threat last season as well until the winter break came. I don't, I still don't know what happened that winter break, but um, they seem to have sorted out whatever that was. They've okay, they've lost a hundred percent record there at the weekend, but they're still ten points out of twelve. They are applying a certain amount of pressure, um, given that they sat in the house all week. Uh, I, I, I always expected it to be close this year. So, um, yeah, I would say Rangers will very likely. I, I, I don't see them falling apart in January again like they have the lack couple of seasons. I think it's probably the, the crucial part of this because there's no winter break this season, so there's no stop. They'll probably just keep going this year.
3: Do you think Celtic are more dangerous to Celtic than Rangers though? I've always thought that in the last <laughs> few years. Um I um and uh,
2: they likes a ball and has tried to prove that already this season. Um but as it's, it's silly things like that performance against Commarlock, for instance, was just it
3: was not good enough and Celtic probably got what they deserved from that game. And if they don't buy a defender, which isn't out of the rails of possibility, we talk about Celtic and transfers then again, that's what puts the pressure on things like that yeah. where they don't plug the gaps quickly
2: enough. Yeah, well, we've certainly had a couple of seasons where we've been very short on strikers, for instance, because we've had injuries and, well, in graphics Griffith's case, it was mental health problems. Um, but we were, there was times we were relying on having one striker. There was games where we uh, through kind of like, January and February where we had no strikers whatsoever and we were relying on like boy that's going the only, only goal of a game for instance for a set piece from there so when we do have a habit of shooting ourselves in the foot when not staying from the key positions so you're right the defence is probably the one we're concerned about at the moment because we do seem to have a decent amount of strikers at the moment for the first time in a long time What's your thoughts
1: Tony what do you think as well
0: No I'd agree with Chris said there I think we're really short on cover um, in defence. Um, and Aya and Julian could be really hot and cold. Sometimes they look all right. Um, and then other times, i has got a bit prone to doing the old slide tackle every so often and missing the ball, um, which, which is a bit worrying. Um, and Julian's not great if the ball bounces in front of him. The ball bounces in front of him and the def, uh, attackers coming. You kind of can see the panic in him, a wee bit. He doesn't know quite what to do. Should he attack the ball or stand back? Um, and there's a pairing against teams that play one up and it's not a big target man, they're all right. But when it's like a big target man like the boy for Kilmarnock or even say somebody like Morelos or Rangers, they do kind of panic a wee bit. Um, they get a wee bit nervous. So I, I would like another defender to come in uh, that way. And again, probably just another backup striker. Um, I know we've got the boy for Albania. Um, as I said, I don't really know much about the lad, so I, I, I'm not going to criticise him. Um, but I hope he can be like either a good backup, or as Chris said earlier, we can go to a 3 5 two, but then that would probably mean us having to buy two centre-halves. One for part of the three, and one as backup because at the minute, we've really only got higher in Julian, or sticking beat on um, is, like, a back as well, and, yeah. I, I, I think we'll win the league. I, I think we will win it. Um, but it's just we need to stop these silly games we drop points. Um, you, you know, like, games where we should be winning, we've got total possession, we just can't break them down and then our defence has a a mental block and something happens, and they're kind of things that kind of worry you with Celtic
1: Yeah, it seems well, to be the, the striker think was a priority it it's almost as if they target one player at a time one position at a time, as opposed to you're like allowed to make a double, <laughs> double signing like there's not even been <laughs> any centre-backs linked has there? I've heard of any names, no mm-hmm. uh, Shane
3: Duffy
2: Oh, yeah oh, of course, I keep mixing them up with boys. Is <laughs> <laughs> Shane Duffy in it? or am I thinking of
3: boys? I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, uh, it's right. Shane Duffy. Uh, Shane
2: Duffy uh... I can't remember, but there's a Shane and there's a Duffy and boys. And I might just mix the names up, so <laughs> it's just what I know. <laughs> no
3: one's
2: gonna add maybe to you know, that. Maybe the either. boy
1: from Boyson. it's a surprise it's not going to be Westlife anyway. It'll be more like Eastlife. <laughs> we'll weird, that, one we'll that one out. <laughs> um, so, aye. The only game we've not covered yet midweek-wise was Ross County and Kamarnik, I think. Did we cover it? Oh, I think we did. I briefly touched on
2: another really one we talked about in depth.
0: Um, what are that? I'll be honest, I've never seen much of it, if any. It's
2: a decent game. up between the a couple of decent teams. I thought. Um, I thought that the one thing I noticed across watching all the highlights is um, Caspar seems to like going down fairly easily in the penalty area. Shall we say? Um, I think, it doesn't I think take he's much. to quite smart, though. He is. He's, he's quite smart. I, I think he's exactly he's back to point
3: earlier not a dive. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He's kind of. He's kind of. Smart. I think he's getting more experience. He's, he's getting a I mean, kind of an edge to him in that aspect um, he certainly played well in the first three games I think he gone went a bit missing uh, in the weekend um, I think Warwick well, seemed to be okay, and okay until you get to their current will keep in I've seen so, Danny just I know. I know. I know. he's still he's still Getting get get, your number get one jersey, number I, would, jersey. I, would I, I would take him out take my, for his own sake. Um, he seems to be relying too much on his feet. Um, and there's just no confidence, I don't think, in him at the moment. I would probably take him out of the team. To be fair, he wasn't helped by his defence. Um, so, I think he wasn't helped by his defence, uh, who made so many mistakes uh, on or the weekend but eh, yeah I, I would take I, would, I think they would be a lot stronger if he wasn't their number one goalkeeper at this moment in
1: time. any other thoughts No, not, not us About that game wrap up the midweek for us.
2: That's me. Uh, Sorry sure for Hamilton because we've not even really talked about him yet. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> <you've> <laughs> put, obviously, the 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 victims, the real victims of the, the COVID scandal, for the teams
3: that had to get their games postponed. I'm not sure how, it's a big disappointment for Hamilton that they're getting postponed at the moment. They're not, they're not clicking, and they must be kicking themselves that they've not produced at least some sort of distance between themselves and Aberdeen. Have only played one game. Um, in terms of points in the table, so it better look at another team that are very they're in the right way. They've, I, I think uh, I'm trying to pronounce his name properly. Alnwick, the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and Joe it, Shaughnessy, be they two have have been two really good signings for them, and that they've showed up that defence. Um, so, I, I think St Mirren, again, are going in the right direction. From what I've seen from Halton, you know, the, yes, lose the Celtic, there's no great hardship in that, that's fine. But they've lost two home games against St Mirren now and Ross County, and I'd be a bit worried that they can't yeah. get points from those games. That's I no just... season picking up. I, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll stick my neck and say that they'll go down this year. This will be the year oh, no, they'll, they'll go down. Do you know, know what? I never, I've never tipped them. I've never tipped them, but I think this year they, they just look. They just look lack in all departments. I think they just.
3: I think uh, a lot of teams. A lot of teams have stepped up. A lot of teams look very tactically diligent, and they still look a step below everybody. And I'd be worried that they're trying to play catch-up already in the start
0: of the season. I think they'll really think struggle if Templeton gets injured. If, if yeah. they Templeton goes, I don't know where they'll get goals. The,
2: the highlights of this game seem to show that Hamilton probably had the better of the chances, although Samaritan got the only goal of the game. Mm. Um, so. But a lot of the yeah. Hamilton chances were... They were almost too easy for the keeper to save because he was saving them with his feet or the time. I Something stuck out
3: for me. I think I watched the... The first half in particular, Mirren could have been away with it by that point. I think Rice said that himself in his his interview. Mirren were far and away the better team in the first half. He then said that Houghton were the that's the best he's seen them this season in the second half. But they just still didn't really create enough in that, that final third, you know, it's already get creating the if you're not going to start taking your chances. And as I said, the same kind of thing about Willowell with their strikers, but they've got more about them in midfield, and a couple of other teams. Do you know what I mean? That's what it's coming down to, and it shows you how hard it is to find a good goal scorer at this level sometimes. Mm. And Halton, I think, i say it would be the same for St. Mirren. I think obika be because he's got some goals in them, but not regularly enough, not in the, a kind of fifteen twenty goals a season. But they do seem to be a lot Uh-oh. more. Um, harder to break down I think they, they, they seem more comfortable on the ball uh, possession wise um, so I would say Halton at the moment I'd be worried if I was a Houghton's fan because you're stuck at bottom of the table with a team that's only played once and you, you've not got any clear points away from them that would be a worry for me so it's only 100% record left in the league all <laughs> yeah, 100% exactly. record but,
1: yeah. mm-hmm. so in terms of productions we've got Tony, you've got Celtic one in the league. Hamilton gone down.
0: Mm.
3: Scott, who have you got one in the league? It's, it's still Celtic's to lose, in my opinion. It's still, I think, I think it's become harder that they've got, they've got these fixtures now piling up. I think they not. This wouldn't be the squad that I would choose to go into ten in a row uh, with. Um, but I don't think. We've, I think it's. Up, it, it's up to Celtic to prove that they're, they're worthy of it, but it's also up to Rangers to show that they're worthy of it. So at the moment, neither have kind of proven that, but Celtic haven't proved that they're not that either. Whereas Rangers still have to prove that they are that. Celtic have got that in the in 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 the bank, uh, so I would say at the moment Celtic Celtic still to lose. And who have you got going down? I, I, I can only think, gone on, on I can only think how how do the <laughs> I, I, I'd be worried, possibly, for St John's and Colmar not getting dragged into anything. But I still think they'll have enough to get their away from Halton, I think. Halton at the moment look uh, certainties. But we're only three games in, one game in for some uh, one team, So it, it's obviously very hard. You've
1: got a bit more, uh, at least in Chris and... Jor and myself I had to put that before the season had started I think the thing as well is what well, we've gone until October before transfer deadline finishes as well so who knows what could happen in between then uh, with that but yeah the, the crying out thing is for Hamilton and St Mirren a striker at least St Mirren have been linked with strikers they tried to get bio before they went to Toulouse so they're definitely in the market for a striker but yeah they're
0: definitely difficult to get
1: who else do you think will make up the top four then Tony, Scott
0: what do you think uh, I'll, go first. I'll go away so I'll say the Celtic Rangers Hibs Aberdeen
3: Scott So Celtic Rangers Hibs I still think uh, I still think Aberdeen will have enough about them. I think there's gonna be a surprise possibly Ross County or uh, Ross County or Dundee United and then maybe even both of them so I, don't, I, I don't know if uh, Motherwell, it depends if Motherwell will get a really good striker I think or, for this level Okay,
1: Who do you think will be up to the press of the top sets, Tony? Uh,
0: it's a hard one because I think there's not much difference between a lot of them after that, after the top four, you probably. Uh, I'll put in United in. I think they could make have enough. Um, and I think who else could be? I've got one else. I think Saint Johnston could go in. You know, I think Saint Johnston could go now, a I'll, I'll okay. go go with something different. I'll go with Saint Johnston.
1: Interesting. And then who'd will be in the playoff spot for relegation?
0: Uh,
3: could be a Kelly.
1: Kelly. Scott?
3: Yeah, I was thinking between Kelly and St. Johnston. Maybe St. Mirren. Uh, maybe St. Mirren if depending on how they, they, they get goals, but I think they're, they're better defensively. So I'll say Kelly as well.
1: You'll say Kelly as well. Aren't okay.
3: okay. Right. It's still only Tony Fitzpatrick. You think it's Patrick. Think, under the top six? He's, I said, he's a lovely man. So I hope for his sake that they're top six. But hey, I'm, uh, I'm only have good things about Tony.
1: Not to say he's going to be right. I think he's one of those guys that you've said is a, a, a potential dream guest to go on.
0: He used to always come round to all the schools in Paisley, so he used to always come around like every month. You'd have like this kind of seminar PE with Tony Fitzpatrick um, every so often. um ah, he, he seems alright. seems a nice enough guy. He's, to be fair, he is a on through and through. Uh, that, that's nice as well because there's not many folk in Paisley, I think. Um, there's there's,
3: always. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. If you could get one if you get one, you'll all feel better for it at the end up. You'll make you feel better about it. Whatever's happened. Even if it goes in another trip to Spain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think we never really touched on the Kelly St. Johnson game, did we? We didn't.
2: Never sure because we... we have not slagged off finally for that pass back. Well, both oh. of, both <laughs> the goals are pure <laughs> one
0: <one-stop. You do. laughs> uh, Everyone every goal was a defensive disaster. But
3: again, Rodgers didn't fill me with any confidence. So if he doesn't fill me with any confidence, he's not going to fill his defence with any confidence. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't quick enough out to either. But I think the, the, the thing that St. Joyce might have in their favour is Ali, O'Halloran and Henry as a combination uh, up top. So I think if, if they could really work hard at it, I think they could be a good partnership. I think St. Jo- uh, Kamala for the first half were tremendous. They looked really good. They then they shot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. The boy got sent off He's young, I, you know. I mean, we've all kind of done that, we've all, we all have seen that before. It's just bad first touch, it's he's a free not, first ankle. Yeah, and he's just, yeah. Went, he's just went, Oh my god, he's trying to make up for it the worst possible way and got himself sent off. I don't, and then it's like the problem with that red card is there wasn't that much malice in it, it was, I, it, it was, it was I stood up. So, I,
2: I'm not going to argue it wasn't a red card, but it's one of the softer <laughs> red cards you're going to see. As Do you well, know everyone, what oh, I, I
0: agree, I agree 100% in that because I. The way they were talking about it, you thought he'd, he'd actually broke the guy's ankle in two or something. He's, he's just. He's went for that tackle and he's been fully committed. The thing that's made it look bad is the speed he's went at. Because he's yeah. went in flying, that's what's made him bad. No, but oh, what, I not he went in flying. No, that's the thing. But, but I think he went, is, because
3: flying he went in the top. Yeah, it's what he's been off for is he wasn't in control. That's that, that's the, the thing. He, so he wasn't control with his pass, and then he wasn't control with his tackle. He's clearly lunged in, and his, his studs are shown. I don't think it was particularly the worst tackle. I do there was mm. no ballast in it. No. He was just a young kid who's just trying to make up for his mistake. And as I say, he's done, he's done it in the worst possible way because he's lunged in. It, it, it does look bad from the outset, but we've all we've all done it. We've all had it done to us. We know what's happened. Mm. He's he's just unfortunate that he's kind of. He Hopefully, he'll learn from that to a good start to the season. Hopefully, he'll learn from that. Um, I thought Parish a really good, and that's the difference between the two goalkeepers. You know, I was talking about Rodgers Parish at the other side, really commanded his area, had these great saves, and that bred confidence within the Saint Johnston team to then take it back into the command in the second half, and it kept them in the game for the, to, to do that in the second half. And I think that's the. The kind of difference between the two teams was actually goalkeepers.
0: What was McGowan thinking of for the for, uh, for the first and Johnson goal? What I, I don't understand why I'm, I'm trying to remember now why he didn't hit it with his right foot, but he tried oh. to hit it with his left, and I, I, I don't know why he tried to do. I don't know if he was off balance or he's just lost where he is. I, I, I don't know what, what, why he's done it that way. Have you have been, been watching Karate Kid two before or like that <laughs>
3: It, it, it could be down to is he right or left footed to begin mm-hmm. with. If it, if it's his wrong foot, then he always he's automatically going with his the foot that he prefers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if it's his if if he is right footed, he's possibly thought too much about his left foot that he thinks he's have to make it with the wrong foot, and that's where he's come. He's probably got too much time in his hands to think about it and it's not become natural to him just to clear it. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I mean, I, I don't really enjoy blaming goalkeepers and all the rest of it. But, but he, Rogers became non-existent after that, in terms of he never tried to produce a save. He tried to slide tackle it. And I, I, I get a bit worried for goalkeepers uh, in that that situation. But in fairness to him the lead-up to both goals he was severely hampered with by his own defence and defensive mistakes.
0: It was the last five minutes they lost the two goals, am I right in saying that?
3: Yep. It was the last five minutes, yeah. They threw it away. As I say, the first half they bossed it, they totally bossed it. Um, They should have
0: had a penalty. The Buck one, I thought, was a penalty where the tackle came in from the back. And he let it go, and then there was the other one with the but He had the hands on him. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I thought that, that I didn't, I didn't think as much for the first one. Well I, I I thought there was a few questionable decisions from the referee start at, towards the start of this game because you, mm-hmm. you mentioned the the Burke one. Maybe it had got down too easily, as I mentioned earlier. Well, I thought Kabamba was tugged back. Certainly, mm-hmm. Punnock was tugged back, and that was an interesting one because the ref booked the guy for it is that now, the one
0: he gave it the edge to the box
2: aye mm-hmm. was that not a goal scoring opportunity
0: I, was, I thought at the time yeah
2: so I
3: think <laughs> you're an arguable red card for that one see this is this is where I kind of think referees have got this own system in their head that nobody else really has a full knowledge about whereas was the buck situation maybe too early for him to give a penalty did it is that play in his mind and does it play in his mind that it's a tug rather than a goal scoring opportunity do you know what I mean? Is it their own rules? Mm-hmm. Is there, is there, you know, this is where I, I, you know, I'd like to see somebody going, like a, or just a report at the end from a referee, you know, the, the fourth official or something, to say this is why this was given, this is why this was given. I know it's a bit geeky, but at least you're then getting more transparency with what's happened. That would and be uh, a great addition to
2: the game if we mm. could actually get that. What was your thinking for this decision? What was your thinking for that decision? The, um, I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure in this case, though, the referee was Andrew Dallas, so he probably does have his own set of rules.
3: <laughs> and Did you quickly go back to the, the Hibs Motherwell um, game? Robinson thought that was definitely a goal, you know, the one that got chopped off. Nah, uh, de- uh, uh, I think he's
1: uh, interfering with play. I yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Anyway,
3: that's what I thought, I thought you know, because like, like, Robinson's just like, oh, if, we brought v, if we had VAR that would be different. And I'm like, well, if I'm the goalkeeper, I'm thinking this guy's right in front of me. How's mm. that not interfering with play? It
0: was Seedhoff, wasn't it? it was Seedhoff yeah. as a player in front. He's, he's blocking it clearly. I don't know how he, he kind of came to the idea. I don't know. Has he said that after the game? Straight uh, he after, said, he said he saw it. It.
3: Yeah, no, he said he saw it. He saw it. He said he'd look back at yeah. it and
2: he said if we had VAR... There's a few but of those replays I thought she'd had hit
3: it. Is <laughs> that often? Mm,
2: <laughs> no,
3: it didn't, but yeah,
2: it was but a couple of replays looked as if it did. So yeah, that's how close it was.
3: Yeah, certainly, as far
1: as I'm Arkansas standing in front of the goalkeeper. Yeah. He's just desperate to for right just
3: desperate
1: for points. For, for goals. Well, that is well, eh? aye. <laughs> uh, and they've got a lot of extra derby to look forward to.
3: I can see my actually getting the first one out of that one, to be fair.
2: I would be me if that's when Hamilton started picking up points. Ah,
3: you know, I was just you know thinking
2: that. Like? <laughs> yeah. Just those things that went and, and Hamilton pick up right. unusual points. Hamilton nice went
0: 3-0 or something, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Where is it? Is it New Douglas or is it uh, for Park? It's it for Park. Park.
1: Um, but we touched on the fact, Aberdeen go to St. John's on Thursday for the rearranged fixture, that's on Sky, um, as it originally was supposed to be. You've got Rangers at home at Kilmarnock, St. Mirren at home at Ross County, and then Celtic go to Dundee United, which will be on TV as well.
2: Mm. I've just realised what nonsense I was talking there because you see when we're talking about, I hope Aberdeen won. <laughs> So the it's a Europa League it's not it's because of this disparity between the, the champions of the qualifying and being like round one this week but I was trying to think who they were
1: playing earlier. in Europe I did, I, <laughs> I did back up on it but I thought if if good John had been I on team, I, mentioned it. But I, I, was being, I was I I was, was giving you yeah, a break uh, but yeah Sunday Aberdeen Livingston and St. Johnston against Hibs St. Johnston and Hibs will be Sky as well it's weird all this mm. Scottish football being on TV know the rest have a full fixture card seems a while now <laughs> don't, don't get too ahead of yourself
3: there's a few there's a few days in between uh,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. in terms of seeing what's happening I think the other thing maybe what I think can I touch on very briefly uh, is the the whole Scotland situation with Israel supposedly there's no going to be fans at the game as a trial I think they've decided no that's not happening is this, uh, this is the original game at Disney matter
2: although isn't it it's what like, the Nations League nonsense aye Right, who cares <laughs>
3: So. No, wait, really. this guy gets into the actual European Championships. I've got to sound. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think fans at Hamden are the same that they were 20 years ago in terms of. I don't think it's. I think fans now wait for the team to produce something. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's fair enough because if the, the team haven't produced enough in those twenty years, and I think it's not going to make much difference. I think that... I would love fans to be there, hundred percent. Love fans to be there, but I don't think it's got the same difference maker that it had back back in the day. Mm. I, don't Oddly.
0: That, Oddly. I don't think. I don't
3: think
1: that. Sorry. And arguably, it might work in our favour in terms of the fans not getting on their back.
3: Yeah, are they are waiting for the fans? And by that time, something happens. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it could, it could be, it will be, right, it be all right for Scotland. I think. Touch with them. I've said that probably will be. It will be. It will always kind of boil down to that Norway game. I suspect. I forget. About
1: yeah. Uh, anything else you want to cover in terms of the week just going by or anything that's to come?
2: I, um, can I plug a different podcast?
1: <laughs> I know we <we're> don't <laughs> usually
2: pong different <laughs> podcasts, but in this, in this well, we case we're pretty go, of like good, good at promoting
1: our <laughs> podcast to be fair. <laughs> I, uh,
2: we, we, we did have um, Mr. Campbell on a while back. Um, John, the good John, has repaid the favour and has been on the Campbell's Football podcast uh, in the last week or so. so it was recorded. Before, um, he went off maternity leave, um, so I hadn't had the child yet been in, so obviously we said last week congratulations because the child was here. Um, it's amazing. He knew it was a boy. It's almost as if science has advanced far enough to do do such things.
1: Yeah, I listened. I listened to earlier, and uh, yeah, it was pretty good. But not as good as our podcast. So, because we are very good at podcasting.
2: So, it was far more sort of organised. <laughs> as John rightly said in that podcast, we do like this to be like a kind of chat in the pub. So aye. this has been quite a lot of chat in the pub
3: tonight.
1: The, <laughs> aye, if uh, so i have a listen because John's great. Yeah. M- much as the, the listeners can see us, we are recording this in Zoom and I do feel at times that there's probably a situation whereby folks have been putting their hands up when they like to speak. Um, it's bad enough sometimes when there's three of us on, but four I think it was like all well, vying for position. So uh, well, it was good having you both on, Scott and Tony, again. Cheers. Thank you. Um, I think we'll probably be seeing more of you this season as well, hopefully. Aye. With that. Delighted. So hope you've enjoyed it. Good to have you back on, Chris, as always. Pleasure. Always. Chris. With that, so I will speak to you next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Cheers.